1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic to cosplay to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello. Just a quick apology for some of the audio in this. Had some technical snafus that I wasn't aware of until I started editing so apologies for that. But I think this is a really, really good and very important conversation. So I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Hello to anyone who ends up watching us, tuning in later. Susie is joining me to talk about Ryan Murphy's show, Hollywood. So we are continuing our Ryan Murphy celebration, our annual Ryan Murphy celebration. Last year was our first annual. Did not realize I was going to repeat this, but like everybody knows, this man has become such a staple of my life. I almost feel like I'm part of his crew. (laughs) Even though I have so many issues with this man, I still just, he's forever in my life. We are looking at different possibilities for Ryan Murphy themed type merch that has to revolve around some of the men that he loves to use. So we're kind of discussing that. I know already had someone say yes, we should definitely do that cuz we mentioned that on our normal heart episode. So, look for more information hopefully coming on that sometime. It might probably won't be like this week at all, but hopefully soon. This will be an interesting conversation. Um <laughs> I I want to say up front, if you're a big fan of this show, you might be getting angry at Susie and I throughout this. This was the most boring rewatch Ever And usually when I'm re-watching Ryan Murphy shows, even if I have issues with them, I'm not bored. I was so bored. And this is seven episodes. And like Susie and I were saying before we started, it felt like, I don't know, like 20 at least.
0: <laughs> is, is, anyone who watches K-dramas knows how like long they are. They go on for like 24 episodes this was seven and it felt like three times
2: that yeah it did it just it should have just been a movie it should have just been like a two and a half hour even a two and a half hour movie would have been fine i think yeah or you could have honestly, still done this
0: like i felt more interested in seeing meg than this
2: show i want to see meg that's what I, I would rather meg? see
0: everyone's <laughs> talking about how good meg
2: is like show us don't be stingy just, just i know I know, that would have been more interesting (laughs) to see Meg. So if you don't know what Hollywood is, Hollywood is about a group of aspiring actors and filmmakers in post-World War II Hollywood, trying to make it big no matter the cost. That's kind of a really, really flimsy
0: way of describing this. Honestly, that's IMDb's description. I will give you this quote from a time article dated May 1st, 2020 by Katie Ling and Anna Perna, I know I'm not going to pronounce her last name correctly, so I'm going to try, about talking about, you know, because a lot of the characters in here are either based on the real-life version, like we've got Rock Hudson, um, a lot of other people uh, in here were real-life people, but then you've got made-up ones. Which, like uh, Darren Chris's character, director Raymond Ansley, and David Corn's actor Jack Castillo, are not based in history, but a lot of other characters are, including Dylan McDermott's character who runs a gas station that also serves as like as male like escorts,
2: <laughs> and that was a real thing. So a lot of that is based on you know reality, and. What Ryan Murphy wanted to do, this is his quote from the article. I wanted to do something where I gave some, if not all of these people, a happy ending, Murphy tells Time. How do I make a commentary on the power of Hollywood to change hearts and minds? I decided to put together a fictional alternative universe, Hollywood, and then populated it with some real people and other fictional characters loosely based on real people.
0: So what he means by that is, even though there's still racism and homophobia, please pay attention to the Church of Warnings, which I'll give them here for our podcast, let's listen just a second. Even though there's still racism and homophobia in here, he wanted to make it so, like, for instance, Rock Hudson is very openly out of the closet. And in real life, Rock Hudson wasn't. And because he couldn't be. I mean, back then, especially, that was not okay. People in his inner circle, of course, probably knew, but, You couldn't do that. So you have that, and he is in a relationship with a black man, which, I mean, that would have never flown. And then, of course, you've got, uh, speaking of that, you've got a black man writing a screenplay that gets greenlit, and they end up changing the lead character from a white woman to a black woman. That black woman winds up, we're spoiling the whole thing here, but winds up winning Best Actress and actually gets to sit in the auditorium in, like, the second row back. Which never would have happened. So he was trying to make it this thing where what if Hollywood actually said, F you to all those people that don't want to show this, and we will go ahead and show this. We'll have a film where the lead character is a black woman and she's not a stereotype. So, or we try to not make her a stereotype. So that's what this is kind of proposing here. So we're going to get it dive into a little bit here in just a minute um, and our thoughts on this and how well we think. They did with this with this attempt at trying to rewrite history uh, for I guess the purpose to say I, I don't know, but we'll just
2: screw the shiggles yeah. basically. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: So before we do that though, so Susie, other than Hollywood, <laughs> what are you into right now? Yeah, so I've been doing my
0: homework. Project <laughs> to report, I started watching the assassination of Gianni <gasps> Versace or Versace, yes, G- Versace. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to say the name because apparently, like the bourgeois are like Versace, and then the common folk are like Versace, and I'm like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Gianni B, I, I watched Gianni that. V <laughs> I started watching that. and it was. It's the funny thing is, I went from watching like Hollywood to watching. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> Assassination. So to see the, the like the the difference in Rosa Darius, like. oh yeah, <laughs> was so interesting. Just be like, oh my god, he's an aspiring director who's trying to be more inclusive and and make a change. Like, oh, he just murdered a man in Broadway. daylight. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. Oh, just to see that like stark difference was like ah, real good.
2: <laughs> well, are you liking it though?
0: Well, I'm I'm still on episode one, and oh. I like I'm I'm working my way towards episode one. It just just started like a day ago, but it's like I'm liking it. Like so far, I'm liking it, and I'm interested to see like how it how it unfolds, how the story unfolds.
2: Yeah, because it's told in a very different way. Uh, Yeah, it
0: seems like it's very much like a,
2: a, what's the phrase called?
0: Like a non linear narrative.
2: It's very much, yeah. It's like Mm -hmm. the way I like to describe it is it's like you are playing detective. So it's basically, it goes backwards in time throughout. So it's like you're unraveling their summation of how Andrew Cunanan came to be who he was and also talking about his other murders because Versace was his last one, unless you include himself, because spoilers, if you don't know, he did kill himself.
1: <gasps> um,
2: <laughs> the show is ruined. <laughs> I know I just spoiled all that for you, but so it goes back in back in time and it it's um, it's very much a character study. So even though it's called The Assassination of Gianni Versace and he is in there. It's very much about Andrew Cunanan. He is the central character you're following for most of it. And Darren Chris, I I can't wait to hear what you say because I think this is one of the best performances I've ever seen hands down. I honestly do. I think it's um, incredible and it's so unnerving and scary and creepy and he deserved, he won lots of awards for this and he deserved every single one. So I'll just be curious to see your feelings on it. And I, I assigned that as homework during Ratchet because my Finn crew had not seen this, and Finn Whitrock is in this. He doesn't. He doesn't show up yet. I haven't seen him yet. <laughs> yeah, no. When they go, um, like, you've obviously seen it.
0: In the first I've episode, seen it a couple of times. <laughs> in the first it. episode, when they, when um, the FBI people are talking, they're like, "Who do we have in Florida, in Miami, or whatever?" I'm like, "Oh." Is, is finn gonna roll up and be like gi <laughs> G- G- no. He- <laughs> no he wasn't but like i'm yes i started watching. he plays Never jeffrey treo but- oh okay but but i uh, like so far i really like darren's performance and i'm really interested to see like now that you've said like it's a kind of like a character study i'm really interested to see and how it kind of like,
2: goes on yeah like, how do you
0: how he brings this character to life for the viewers.
2: Yes, and episode four and eight are my personal favorites of all of them, and so I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on that. And Cody Fern is also in this. You'll you'll meet him soon. Yeah, I remember. So, yeah, that so was he's
0: really t- big when he was cast for Apocalypse. People were talking about his role in Assassination. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, well, we're just going to talk about this instead. Yeah, kidding. we're just going to we're just going <laughs> to skip to this instead. <laughs> uh, but go back, listen to our episode covering American crime story last year when we kicked off our first annual Ryan Murphy celebration. And that was my favorite of the ones as far as like I thought it was the best show. And I think a lot of that, it especially with Gianni Versace, he didn't write any of that. So which I think is
0: important since that story really a lot of what that story also has to do with his homophobia among like the police department and everything like that.
2: Anyway, okay, so what I'm into <laughs> is something decidedly ho- decidedly not good, but <laughs> but it's a pure trash and I am watching I spent the morning watching Selling Sunset. Okay. on Netflix. I know this is trash and these people are like I couldn't I do not understand these people. I don't relate to this lifestyle. But I love real estate. If people don't know, I, I know it's weird, but I do like real estate. Uh, That's my day job is in real estate. I'm not a broker and I'm not like a agent or anything like that. I don't know. It's pure trash and garbage, but I like it. I hate all the people in it, but I like watching it. So yeah, I mean, and I reality TV uh, someday we will cover that. I don't know why we haven't yet, but I think it's because I don't, I'm kind of afraid to cover it for some reason. <laughs> But yeah, okay. So let me give just some brief trigger warnings. If you're watching this live, or you watch it later on the YouTube, uh, every single Ryan Murphy project, even when we talk about
0: 911 tomorrow uh, or Friday for the podcast episode, deserves trigger warnings. For this one, definitely racism, homophobia, sexual assault, and sexual harassment. That is mainly with the Jim Parsons character who.
2: Uh, like I mentioned on our normal heart episode, is oh my gosh, these so creepy. It's trigger warnings for and it mentions for suicide. And the reason I say
0: mentions of suicide is the movie they end up making, which was originally called Peg, then it ends up changing to Meg, is about a woman who this was a real thing who jumped off the H in the Hollywood sign, killed herself when she, uh, you know, failed her Hollywood career and stuff like that. And so that's why I have the trigger warning. We're suicide because i don't know how much we'll talk about that but just in case okay so <laughs> Susie, how much do you love this show oh my god a heap and a bushel it's oh you know you know how i say that like new girl is one of my favorite shows this surpasses it every way <laughs> oh it's the cream of the crop <laughs> Real great, <laughs> goodness. Seriously speaking, I don't like the show. <laughs> there's there's parts about it like as overall, n- no, but there's parts about it that I like. <laughs> I will say, I like some of the actors in the show. I like the performances. I love the the styles of the 50s Mm-hmm. Forties, late forties, early fifties, the hair, the makeup, the clothes—just it. I like it, and that's kind of what you're getting into. That's kind of what you're getting into with the show. It's more like if you get bored with it, at least it's aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of yeah. I remember the first time that I watched like this is okay. So I just rewatched it for this podcast, and that would be the second time that I've watched this overall. The same with mm-hmm. Ratchet, <laughs> But like the first time I was paying attention to the story because it was something new. And I was like, oh, let's see where this goes. Because mm-hmm. I had no idea that it was going to be like, reimagining. So when things started to be revealed like, oh, I want to make a more inclusive movie and I want to add I want to have a, a black actress as a lead and it's written by a gay man a black gay man and we're going to have like a diverse group, Anime Wong is going to be in it, and kind of like as a um. And it's, it's I think it's Richard, the
2: producer. Uh, for oh, Ace the Students. the the uh yeah. Dick Samuels. Dick, Dick Samuels, Sam- yeah, Richard. I knew it. See,
0: the name was there. Oh, yeah, yeah, when Richard, Richard was like, is. "Oh yeah, we're going to do this for Anna. It's going to be great." And I was like, "Oh, it's really sweet," and it's just ugh. i will say though i don't think my thoughts are coming across as cohesive and i apologize for that i will say though with that last episode at the oscar ceremony it's weird where were oscars televised because i thought that they were going
2: to be televised i can't oh my gosh i should have looked that up yeah because they were not yeah. televised at that time yeah, um, because- they, they were and i thought you know i mean of course they throw in the line of At least this is not televised. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Before that, like, even the first time watching it around in this rewatch, I completely forgot that it wasn't a televised, like, show Mm -hmm. at that point. And I thought that the reason, um, also, one of the reasons why they were making a big stink about Charlotte sitting in the front row is because it would be televised, and it's like, oh no, the public can't see black people on TV, the scandal. I thought that was also part of the reason why they wouldn't let her, you know. Mm-hmm. And, no, it was, like, it was just radio. Yeah, well, March
2: 19th, 1953, sorry, was the first. Oh, televised. okay. So, pretty soon after this.
0: Yeah. All right, nice. But one thing that I really liked about, especially that like, scene of the Oscars, was seeing the different people listening into the Oscars. So, mm-hmm. there was the a it's the asian or asian american family when they heard annie wong win i cried the first time and i cried this time because i was like yeah. it's what she deserved yeah
2: because she was treated horribly it's, the real life horribly anime was treated and horribly, it's, horribly. It's, yeah
0: oh just how she was treated by the industry it's oh it, it sickens me to my being and like to see her win even like a fictionalized version of her win the oscar it was just i i couldn't stop crying and then charlotte winning yeah. and that that black family just cheering and being so excited and then what can be presumed is like a a young uh gay black man is listening in camille her name was camille by
2: the way not not i was like oh
0: yeah i don't know why i had charlotte (laughs) (laughs) it's camille (laughs) apologies yeah but um when i had the notes when archie won and we we can be presumed is a is another like like gay man listening in on his on his win and him being so excited like seeing all these like marginalized groups celebrating the win of other like BIPOC marginalized people, it was just like, oh, God. it was so beautiful, and yeah. it just it pissed me off so much because <laughs> the industry wasn't like that at the oh, time, yeah, yeah, and it it is still trying to get there now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm
0: like, can I live in that alternate universe, please?
2: I thought you meant it. Pit- you off because you were so bored. No. With show and then Ryan got you with that last episode. But
0: oh, no, because like it was wonderful to see that, but also it just upsets me so much because the industry isn't isn't like that now. Not not ideally. Like it's getting there. We are making like changes and differences, but just. Oh, like, I I just think about, like, the what ifs, like, if it was like that, then what wonderful pieces of work would we have now? Mm -hmm. What great creatives would, would that have given rise to? What, what movies would we have seen? What shows would we have seen? Oh, it's just, the what ifs, like, really just, this hypothetical
2: universe just really get me. God damn it, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. And, and the character of Camille Washington, just to let everybody know, um, played by Laura Harrier, who we'll go for the cast here too in a minute, was inspired by a combination of Lena Horne and Dorothy Dandridge. So that's, according to Ryan Murphy, that's the two actresses that inspired him for this. Because you also see Hattie McDaniel, played by Queen Latifah.
0: But she famously, as far as I'm recalling, wasn't actually allowed to be in the same kind of room like she had to come into a different like room, which is what
2: they try to do to Camille is when she comes into the ceremony, they try to get her to go to another room and she stands up for herself, which you know that's another thing that probably would have never ever happened in real life during that time. so it was another, uh, retelling, like a, a Hollywood version, basically. This is basically Hollywood is a Hollywood version of Hollywood <laughs> in a lot of respects. Cause a lot of this stuff never would have flown back then. Um, yeah, yeah. So really quickly before I go to my overall thoughts, I'll just go over some of the cast in here. Um, so we already kind of mentioned that David Cornswit plays Jack Costello, Darren Chris is Raymond Ansley. Laura Harrier plays Camille Washington. Joe Mantello, who I raved about when we were talking about uh, the normal heart, plays Dick Samuels. Then you've got Dylan McDermott. <laughs> Being very Dylan McDermott playing Ernie West, who runs the gas station and, you know, which is also serves with a lot of like uh, male escorts. Then you've got Jake Picking playing Rock Hudson, Jeremy Pope playing Archie Coleman, Holland Taylor, who I think this is the first time she's been in a Ryan Murphy production. And she plays Ellen P.K. Tomorrow we're meeting Claire Wood,
0: Jim Parsons playing the really creepy Henry Wilson, which is a real was a real man. And Ryan Murphy described him in that Times article as being kind of like the first Harvey Weinstein. He's, he makes all his male clients. Uh, he, you know, sexually harasses them, sexually, you know, I, I really think it would be considered assault in a lot of respects because even though they quote-unquote do it willingly, like he is like, you're going to let me blow you to
2: Rock Hudson. You're going to let me all this you. stuff, but it's really gross and disgusting and he kind of gives him a redemption arc in the end which I did not like that um but and Patty Lapone plays Avis Amberg who is the wife of Ace Amberg who runs the studio there Ace Pictures and Ace Amberg has the way all this kind of comes about is Ace Hamburg Amberg sorry has a heart attack and ends up or something happens to him, he ends up in the hospital. And so he's given power, control over the studios to his wife, Avis Amberg. And so she ends up starting to green light things that probably would not have been greenlit under her husband's control. So that's kind of how things, so it's another thing of saying if women were in power and control, better things would happen. So it's it's another way of rewriting history as well. Um, so those are just some of the people. You also have Mira Sorvino showing up. You've got, of course, Michelle, sorry, I should have said Michelle Kriziak plays Anime Wong. I want to say first off, I think the opening credit sequence
0: is brilliant with all of the younger up and comers climbing the Hollywood sign. I love it. I guess he doesn't. No, I love it it too. But the funny thing that I keep finding about Murphy shows is that he does the intros
2: really well. he does. (laughs) No, he does. He does amazing intros. He He, does whoever (laughs) he works with. His team is incredible because their intros for, uh, I mean, American Horror Story ones, Mm -hmm. um, uh, of course, Ratchet and Hollywood and the artwork for everything is always just impeccable. And amazing and it draws you in and you just wish everything else was up to that standard <laughs> but it's not it's really that's what's so frustrating about a lot of his content is it's like i know you could get there you have glimpses of brilliance and amazingness and like I, like the normal heart i still think is the best thing we have covered for ryan murphy it might end up being the best thing we ever cover ryan murphy wise but that is just such an incredible film and So when you see stuff like that and you see little glimpses of brilliance with him, that's what makes it so frustrating when you watch stuff like this. And it's like, yes, I love the Oscar scene. I love watching how powerful that is, you know, that if that had happened, what an impact that could make and and how sad it is that, you know, this is, you know, like,
0: oh, like 80 years ago. And it's still we aren't that far removed from that as far as like the way things are now. And that's really heartbreaking. And, you know, watching, you know, the people that are listening to this award ceremony and how much it affects them, and that is so powerful and amazing. But the rest of the series, it's like, I don't know what it is, because all the performances are good, because once again, Ryan Murphy, he surrounds himself with actors that are phenomenal actors. But... (laughs) it's boring. It is just boring. And Ryan Murphy, no matter what, even when the show is not that great, well, I think Death Valley is boring. But usually, normally, Ryan Murphy's stuff, no matter what, has some entertaining stuff to it, some entertaining aspect to it. So even if you're not a big fan of it, you're not necessarily bored. At least that's my feeling on him. But I was bored re-watching this. And I watched it when it first came out. And I liked it okay. And when I started rewatching, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is okay. This is Ryan Murphy light. You know, I mean, with the exception um, of Jim Parsons character, most of the people in here are not creepy or weird.
2: So it's kind of nice. There's not like a lot of murder stuff happening. Yeah. There's not a lot I'm of that lot kind of <laughs> No, but I, I have something that I wrote down about. Um, That's really funny line. I'll share it later. Okay. We get to characters. But about Dylan McDermott. <laughs> so there's, you know, and there's, and there's actually some sex positivity in here, which is sometimes rare for Ryan Murphy. And in that, I mean, the fact that the male escorts and the way that's treated is not treated
0: as disgustingly as he normally handles anything like that. So I appreciate sort of what he's trying to do, but it always felt kind of like, I don't know. And he did have um, black writers in the room with him in the writer's room. So I will say that, but it's still just, I don't know. There's something about this that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. And I don't know why, because he's trying something where he's trying to be like, let's all be, I don't know what it is. It just turns off. It's just, it's just a disconnect. To, yes. a disc yeah. that's, and <laughs> like also part of my issue with it is that, um, if he's saying it was meant to be more like inclusive and diverse, but for like a good portion of the show, we're following the
2: story of a white man. Exactly. Yeah. I Jack, would say Jack's the main character of the whole thing, yeah, anyway. Because
0: yeah. everyone else is just kind of like side characters. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, oh, it's an idealist Hollywood, but the <laughs> white man is still at the center of the story. And I'm like, yeah. Oh. And something I'll get into this in characters, but like Jack's character just really frustrates me personally.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, I, yeah. And that's so, that's probably what is really bothering me about it. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't find that in words, but because Jack is for all intents and purposes, the main central character in this. I, I mean, you could argue Camille is one and Rock Hudson. I, I will get to him when we talk about characters and Archie, you could, you know, make a claim that they are, but they really are not. They're kind of, I don't know, rotating around him and even the fact that Jack is the one that's the best actor, uh, you know, when you're comparing him to Rock Hudson, um, which we'll talk about that. I always just felt so bad for Rock Hudson uh, in this. I really just wanted to hug him a lot of the time. I, he was so sweet. Oh, my God. What a sweet Oh, God. Oh, he was my such God. a sweetheart. <laughs> and I was like,
0: oh, you deserve the world. And I, oh, <laughs> just a sweet, sweet man who was not a good actor in this, in this, I mean, his character was presented as not being a good actor. His audition scene for Meg was one of the most painful things I've ever watched. <laughs> I, I, felt I so, so hard. I think I pulled a muscle.
2: I know I felt so bad for him. So, so you're, tr- so while he's trying to, you know, I mean, he, you know, Archie does end up being able to make this and, and all this stuff, but as the screenwriter and then and then Darren Chris's character is you know um is is Asian but as you know a lot of people are saying well you don't struggle like I do because you can pass as a white man it, that's
0: that's the word that keeps being thrown at his face They're like you're passing you're passing
2: yeah which which is, Which fair. is tr- fair. It's fair. It's very fair. Um, and that's probably, you know, in, in real life that might be thrown at Darren Chris. I don't know this for sure. Uh, I don't want to speak for him or speak for his trajectory or what he has at all encountered. So I don't know if that's the case or not. But, yeah, so that's – so while you've got that in these men are meaning success and so is Camille, you've still got this white man that is the center – character that you are supposed to sympathize with the most i mean he's got this wife who doesn't seem to love him and you find out that she's pregnant with twins with someone that she had an affair with at the place she worked at which frankly i kind of didn't blame her yeah no i don't think he'd be a good man to be married to he's so like wrapped up in the fact that he's going to be a star that he's he's just star they're
0: like Oh, what's your income? And like they, when they asked yes. them for their income for the mm-hmm. for the mortgage on the house, and his wife's like, "Oh, I work at a diner for time just to make and yeah. whatever." And they go, "Oh, Mr. Costello, uh, what about you?" And he goes, "Well, I'm an actor. Um, I haven't gotten a gig yet, but um, it's getting there. And I just this time around, I was so frustrated. I'm like, your wife is maintaining your ass and silly ass habits of yours, and you're just gallivanting around the
2: town." Going to movie theaters, spending money you don't have, and she's, and she's pregnant. She's very pregnant, she and I so and even though she keeps saying day. that she she loves her job and she likes to work and she likes being able to work, there was something about it that just was like this whole like, and granted that it was very typical for that time, and it can be typical for now for a man to be like. Not caring about his wife's needs as much. But it still was kind of icky and off-putting. And I didn't blame her at all for, you know, and it's shown that he's like really falling in love with Samara Weaving's character and all that stuff. So yeah, I think that's probably why I don't I have such issues with this, because when it's not about Jack and when it goes to the other characters and you see the other characters, it's more interesting because You've seen this character, this white man who wants to make it big and has everything against him, which he really doesn't. <laughs> I mean, everything. honestly, this guy's nothing again. Like, I mean, like, he's... Jesus Christ. Okay,
0: so here's my okay. If we're gonna get into Jack. I want to get it. I want to tear this yeah, man no, apart. We can, you can tear like, him, him a apart. Piece of monkey bread. <laughs> Listen, we hear. We keep hearing from him time and time again. Oh, I'm like super talented and acting is my passion and blah blah blah. And to be honest, to forgive my crassness, he fucks his way to the top. Like he only gets an audition because he was sleeping with like the casting agent's assistant. He gets No, was sleeping studios. with Ava. He was sleeping with Ava. No, cuz he cuz he first was sleeping with with the casting agent. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. and she tells him like, "Oh, I'm yeah, in nervous." Right. And he's like, "I'm an actor." And she goes, really? And so the next day when they're picking people, he gets picked and he's like I just gotta walk on roll on a Cecil B. DeMille picture <laughs> and his friend who has been doing this presumably longer, she's like I love this town <laughs> instead of just like, give me the directions to the gas station buddy What are they hiring? Because <laughs> <laughs> for real! And then he goes to the party with Avis and she's like, my husband is a studios." She, she's like, He's, she's like help mama and mama will help you and the thing that got me was he's just railing
2: her in full view of oscar statue oh yes yes on the <laughs> staircase that got me so <laughs> much i <laughs> couldn't stop laughing both
0: times oh god no and like he's so bad and i don't know what helen saw in him <laughs> because she's like he has it the camera loves him well <laughs> to be
2: fair i will say he's a good actor to be he's fair he's good.
0: really good when he actor. gets the training necessary he's a good actor but just like in the initial stages he is so rough that you're like jesus christ man how how do you how did you get this far and even i think oh what's uh oh what's the name of Dylan McDermott's character ernie <laughs> Ernie. Ernie even Ernie calls calls him out on it. he's like oh yeah you were you were the hot shot in, in your small town and everyone was probably like oh you should be an actor and you were like yeah that's what I'm gonna do <laughs> oh it just gets me it's oh
2: uh, uh, yeah I'm not gonna add too much on it i I will say with as far as like the screwing is way to the top i I, I will say not to be like you know it happens a lot in that, that it industry. It does happen happens. and I just, think sometimes it, it happens where up. they feel the pressure to do that. I do think what happened was, you know, he was feeling the pressure to make a living and to take care of his family, so that's why he started working at the gas station. And when and uh, whenever they have someone who wants to who needs an escort, they always say take me to Dreamland. Uh yeah, which <laughs> um <laughs>
0: I love that. So, I wonder how, true. like, I want to know Ernie's backstory and how he established the gas station. <laughs> like, yeah. D- like, did he work through different, like, code phrases to get to Dreamland, or was it just like, just say, oh, took me to Dreamland, and they're going to know what you're talking about <laughs> Yeah, just, it's, it's going to be great. Just don't worry about it.
2: Yeah, and how the word of mouth got out about that. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> so, so, other than jack because we actually don't really like him but so what are some what are a couple of your favorite characters do you have characters that you do like in this i don't like like like
0: like uh, it's it's a complicated relationship man (laughs) it's complicated like i can appreciate aspects of characters um i do really like archie Richie Coleman. I, I really love his tenacity. He's like, I'm going to screenplay. It's I'm just doing I'm just turning tricks to make ends meet. But once it once it gets made, it's gonna be really great and it's gonna be like really awesome. And it's about Peg and whistle and he's so excited about it. And even when he starts working with with Darren Chris's character, and they're all they're all in it to toge- they're both in it together and they're all for it. And they're really excited about it. And I'm like, yeah, you- get this dream Archie and he starts dating Rock and it's going real sweet for them he doesn't like oh my god and they're so sweet together like they're so cute their relationship is really adorable and it's you're just like yeah and you just want all the success for Archie and it's like see him achieve all his dreams I like like during Chris's character um...
2: <laughs> Oh, I have it written down I swear I think it's because this is such a boring ass uh, yeah. raymond
0: Ansley. raymond yeah Ansley. raymond hansley <laughs> like i like that even before he went to a studios he went to anna to anna's house and was like listen i want i want to get this movie made and it's going to be great because you deserve so much more mm-hmm. than than what this industry has done to you you deserve all the world you're super talented you're super amazing and we're going to change things it's it's going to be great just you see and you can see how she's like a little tentative about it. And even when he meets up with her later, you can see that she's like, when you first get to her house, you see it's kind of a little bit more like smoky filled, like everything's a little bit more disheveled. But when he shows up to her house later, everything's all cleaned up. She's like, I'm presentable. I'm ready to make this work. Let's make this movie. And he has to break the news to her. And she's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And, but just seeing how much he wants to make a difference and how. How much of a positive change that he wants to make is so—it's so nice to see <laughs> that he like he does care about the people that work with him, and he just wants to help them shine. And I really like—he's even willing to go turn tricks to make the twenty-five thousand for the Hollywood sign <laughs> Like, yeah, he he was hesitant about it, but he talked himself into it. I think, and even when they show up and like we're ready. <laughs> It's but just how he just wants to make everything work, and how he wants to showcase the talents of people around them, and really put them in the spotlight. It's it's really nice. It's really sweet, and I love. Oh, anyway, Wong's character, like, oh, like just remembering her treatment it, it just it upsets me so much. Mm-hmm. You like. Oh, she deserved the world. She deserves the world. And to see her, even in just this, like, fictionalized show, get get even, like, a fraction of what she deserves, of what she should have had, it was by all rights entitled to. It's just, like, like, oh didn't happen. And, like, that's part of, like, what kind of upsets me. Like, this didn't happen. And how I wish that it did! Yeah. <laughs> it's been great. Amazing to see. And, and, like, my favorite thing is just when she's in, when they're at the, the first read and they're all introducing themselves and when she goes, oh, I'm, I'm anime Wong. And then just the clap that everyone in the room gives her. And the look on her face is like, oh, thank okay. God. I'm just like yeah oh I want to hug you so much (laughs) but uh Camille's character like I I love how she's not afraid to do like what needs to be done to try to like help and changes like even when she gets on set of like the the, what is it the the rich man's widow or the uh, the other movie that they're making that she's I cast as remember. a serving girl yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. when she's there and and she's like listen Mr. stricker I don't think that my character would say that seeing that he's been with her for so many years maybe we could change the line
1: and he's like no just say it as is
0: and she changes the line and even the actress that's with her goes I thought that was great <laughs> that yeah. was amazing and like just how she wants to change things and even how she like talks to to Raymond is like hey, what if we changed it from Peg to May <laughs> to allow for more, like, to allow you to cast, like, a Black actress or, you know, to diversify the casting process. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> it's a great idea, huh? Oh, God, you're so smart, sweetie. <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah, it's a great idea. <laughs> like, uh, and even if we don't get to see a lot of it, which, again it kind of upsets me because I really wish you could have seen like the friendship that she had that she built up with Hattie. So I feel like that would have been great because she even tells her like oh I would like all these press tours and the premieres without your help I don't know how I would have gone through it like I would have loved to have seen mm-hmm. that progression of that relationship because we just see her get the call from Hattie congratulating her and then we just see her them later having that that dinner and then at the Oscar ceremony like I would have loved to have seen like the in between give me less Jack. Give me more of this. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that would have been great. It's some characters in this show deserve the world. Others I could do without. I'll be honest. <laughs> put that out there.
2: So I I I'm just gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about Rock Hudson first because this is I mean, Rock Hudson was very much a uh, the real Rock Hudson was very beloved and he was in a lot of Doris Day pictures and a lot of if you've ever seen um, the movie with Ewan McGregor and Renee Zellweger and Sarah Paulson um, called Down With Love. And it's very that movie's very much a take on Rock Hudson Doris Day pictures. And so they were a lot like that of these, you know, very lots of sexual innuendos, all this stuff. And he was like a beefcake. They were called like beefcake stars, you know, he's like a pin, uh, not a pinup, that's more for the women, but he was considered like, you know, kind of like the teen beat of that gener- of that generation. And he was a gay man, but he was not out of the closet at that point in time because there was no way it's even hard nowadays for men to come out of the closet.
0: But this is telling the story of him being openly gay. He never once tries to hide that about himself. He's asked to, but he doesn't try to hide that. And he meets Archie because Archie's working at the gas station and he meets Archie and he's like this romantic. That's the way I think of when I think of, what I think of when I think of Rock Hudson in this is that he's this very, very much romantic. And he, he's like smitten with Archie from the second he meets Archie. And Archie's very much like, no, we can't be boyfriends. That doesn't work in this, and you know, especially with you being a white man, me being a black man, that there's no way this is going to work. We can't do that. And eventually, Archie's like, no, no, I will be your boyfriend. We're going to be together. We're going to live together. All that. Uh, So Rock Hudson is so sweet and endearing in this, and he's this total like um, guy that you could understand how he got so taken advantage of because he's. sweet for hollywood he's like so sweet uh sacrinely sweet which i don't think it's in an unrealistic way it's more like he has these big dreams and he starts seeing the reality but the reality of it doesn't even seem to tamper that even though he's got insecurities like when he's auditioning and they do like what is it like a hundred and something takes or something
2: something. ridiculous and he's the darling of the studio because of who his uh, manager is, the the Jim Parsons character, but he's not a good actor. That's the way they presented. Is that I'm not saying the actor who
0: plays him isn't a good actor. I'm saying the character of Rock Hudson is not a good actor. He's very stiff over the top. Like I would laugh a lot of times when they were trying to rehearse the lines,
2: and the way he would say it was just like, oh, he's shooting for the he's shooting for the rafters. And, you know, there was some of that that happened back. Then and earlier in film, because you had a lot of when they started doing talkies, when there were no longer silent pictures, a lot of people that did silent pictures couldn't do them because they didn't like people's voices in talkies. And then people that um, did talkies, you know, as they were called back then, a lot of the acting was a little bit more um, theatrical because you know and and what people didn't realize i think is that you know with film film picks up everything so subtlety is the key because everything looks a lot if you've ever seen a performance on film where it is like very theatrical and very much like a stage performance it's so off-putting sometimes because that's doesn't work as well with film and so he was kind of like that but he was also just so nervous and didn't know how to find his place he's so nervous when he first goes to the gas station but he's so sweet and endearing and, even though he doesn't get the main role and he gets, you know, he's like the bartender. He takes that so seriously. Like when they're sitting there doing the table read and he's practicing his line of like, I'll get you, can I get you another get you? and different ways of saying it or like, yes, I'll give you the directions to the Hollywood sign, the directions to the Hollywood and the way he's, he's so, so takes it so seriously. So he's, he's like the doubt. He's like the epitome of that thing. There are no small roles, only small actors. And he is, mm. like he would be the picture next to that definition, would be a child, <laughs> yeah, because he's he, he's like he's got this little tiny role, but he takes it so seriously. And so, I really felt for him a lot of times. I think some people were kind of condescending to him, like Jack. I think Jack was a little condescending to him at times, but I love his relationship with Archie too, because Archie really, really falls for him and doesn't want him to know that and Archie is definitely the more confident one in the relationship the more ass- self-assured in a lot of respects so I really love their relationship and I love Archie I think Archie is a great great character I think the performance is amazing um you know he struggles a lot and he talks a lot about that about you know he says when he first wrote this he wrote this with a white woman uh you know about a white woman because he said there were some ways he could you know relate to that not being able to get ahead or, you know, as as a Black man, but he does later come to terms with, you know, because uh, he gets confronted about that a lot of, well, you're a Black man, why aren't you writing more of these pictures to help us, to help, you know, like, I, th- I think it's Camille, or someone is calling him out on that, and he is defending himself and saying, well, I don't want to be just pigeonholed and making, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, like, basic,
0: stereotypical like, caricatures. No, no, not
2: that. No, no. Being known as someone who's making pictures that are primarily about um, a race picture is what he calls it. Like, race yeah, he doesn't want to be known for making those. He wants to be able to make something that appeals to a broad audience. But then later on, he's like, no, I'm going to make
0: a picture. I think it'd be better to change this to a black actress. So he's trying to break out of that thing and trying to, you know, go with the flow and you know, not push any boundaries. Um and then I really like Dick Samuels because I think he's just really wants to have people succeed and he also I think feels very forgotten about in a lot of ways. Like he's kind of in the shadow and he um when Avis ends up taking over for Ace when Ace was in the hospital, you can tell that kind of hurt him that he that it wasn't placed in his hands and yeah he's a he's a white male so there's not like a lot to decipher but he's also a gay man uh he is in the closet until later on he ends up falling in love and um, so but i liked him i liked the performance a lot so we did talk about the rewriting history a little bit and how overall uh, do you think that was handled well or not or it's <sighs> <laughs> it's hard the thing is is that it's well at least to me it feels like since ryan murphy did did what set out to do like an idealized version of hollywood it does kind of feel like these subjects were just like thrown in there to just cause a little bit of conflict for the characters but they weren't really um it feels like they weren't like adequately addressed or like not enough attention was given to them if that was his intention to like showcase a different type of Hollywood. Because most of it is taken up by other white characters and their problems. And these are just kind of like thrown as a side. Like we just have Camille and Raymond's house like what is it like lit on fire and then they're moved and we don't hear much from that or they're like oh they're boycotting the the theaters in 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 the south and they're like oh we're gonna we're gonna fix this just don't worry about it and it, I think the thing is that it focuses mainly on just creating this idealized version of the of Hollywood that it doesn't it doesn't really Pay like the proper attention to what it's trying to like address about the racism and the sexism and of the t- and the homophobia of the time. I feel because like most of the homophobia that we get in the show is from the the Henry Wilson character because he's, he's just kind of like can do this like and he just like he throws the effort around like it's a freaking skittle <laughs> like, yeah. like I know and. It's just, it's hard. Like, I feel like you can't really adequately put it into words. But I feel like there could have been more room for improvement, definitely, with the addressing and the presentation of these topics. And not just having them as like, like an aside or it's just like a, like a momentary like issue for them to resolve where everything gets like wrapped up in a nice bow at the end. Even though it is it does get wrapped up in a nice bow and it does leave you like (laughs) not kind of like other Murphy shows where you're just kind of like oh that ending wasn't the best the ending is still like somewhat nice and sweet gives you like a nice fuzzy feeling but still it's not I
2: feel like improvements could have been made Well, I mean, the ending, ending. since we're spoiling all of this anyway, but the ending, the next thing they're going to do is they are going to write a love story between two men. Um, And it's going to be Rock Hudson and and Jack. So those are going to be the two actors playing it. So they're going to have a love story. And it's going to – it's basically – Archie is writing basically his love story with rock Hudson and kind of putting it on on screen. So that's how it kind of ends is that, okay, so the next thing we're going to tackle, and I don't know if they were trying to set up like a sequel or whatever.
0: Yeah. No, after the first season, I was like, Oh, I want to see a second one of this. Yeah. Give me more. Like I was (laughs) like, well, I wanted to see more of like Archie and everyone else instead of Jack
2: yeah but jack was like gonna be playing the other characters yeah
0: no maybe just give him like an untimely death of like too much smoke inhalation or something i don't know they'll figure it out they'll figure it out um but or just like i I just wanted to see more of archie was like primarily my main and what other movies he would have been able to make or or write like i would have liked to have seen that just from a personal, (laughs) personal perspective but mm-hmm. um, I did look it up, and Ryan only intended for this to be one season, so, like, no follow-up, just kind of, like, leave it, it, it like, a somewhat ambiguous ending, but, like, yeah. like had to be nice.
2: <laughs> yeah, because Ryan yeah. is known for, I mean... Nine One One is the cheesiest show in the world, but with the exception of that, I do. I think the show is so che- I I love it, and I hate it that is. I love this show. <laughs> I, I'm so I was I'm never gonna get over how angry I am about this, but anyway, <laughs> um, but he does a lot of cheesiness, but a lot of his shows are not like that. Like American Horror Story, with the exception of the best season, I still maintain 1984 is the best season that show has ever done. I don't care what anyone says, with the exception of that one. All his horror story seasons pretty much end on a downer. I mean, I guess, you know, like we said when we did our special Patreon bonus one for Murder House. I guess Murder House kind of has a somewhat happy ending, but not really. It's still kind of a downer. (laughs) All of them are really kind of weird and twisted and messed up. And like I've said, if you love a character and you're watching a Ryan Murphy show... I'm sorry, but you're probably going to have to say goodbye to that character. That character is probably going to be viciously murdered. So he tends to do that. So I, So it's interesting watching a Ryan Murphy vehicle when it's not like that, when it's got like this hopeful ending like this one does. And so, you know, this is very much a Ryan Murphy show. It's got Ryan Murphy all over it. And yes, he had a team of writers, but this is Ryan Murphy, where Ryan Murphy... It's such a it's so weird because I'm obsessed I'm not obsessed with his shows but it feels like I am because I watch it I watch so much Ryan Murphy content sometimes I'm watching something and I don't realize it's Ryan Murphy until I see the name Ryan Murphy on that, the credits and you're like yes. oh that, well, he that's was what a happens to me producer on this yeah I'll Damn watch it. stuff
0: and then he's like oh producer or, or whatever and I'm like
2: you got me yes it's Ooh. so annoying and like uh like we're probably going to cover the boys in the band next year and he's he's not a i want to clarify if it if i if i made it seem like he was the person who directed it wrote it when we did the normal heart he's he didn't he is a producer on that but it's still when you watch that remake it still very much feels like a ryan murphy project whereas sometimes if he's just the producer it can feel above a ryan murphy project like american crime story when he's just
0: mainly the director he writes some of those but director and producer so he's other people helping along the way.
2: Uh, Pose I don't always like to give him a lot of credit for Pose because that's why we. That's why I haven't had us revisit it. We did cover Pose but I haven't had us revisit it during Ryan Murphy because I don't know I had this issue with that yeah, <laughs> but not with the show but with that with giving him too much credit for that show. Yeah. That's my thing but but this is so Ryan Murphy even though it's got that uh, the helpfulness at the end it's Ryan Murphy because I think Ryan Murphy, I think in his head always feels like what's he, what he's doing with everything he does all the way back to nip, tuck. And then, um, well, his very first thing really was like popular. And then this movie called running with scissors, which was an adaptation of an amazing novel, but all the way back to like nip, tuck, I think he thinks what he's doing is he's pushing these envelopes. He's going places. Other people won't go And he's doing it in this way that's amazing and will make people take notice and sit up. And the problem is, is he also tends to do stuff that is really like icky and gross and, um, you know, like with this, like being like, okay, I'm going to rewrite Hollywood and rewrite this history and center it where it's like, a a black woman is becoming successful and um, Anna Mae Wong is going to have respect and she's going to be respected by Hollywood. And we're going to give her her views. And uh, Rock Hudson will be able to
0: be an out gay man and we'll have him dating um, an out gay black man who is a screenwriter and we're going to have all this success. But then he's like, but I'm going to center it on a white person, a white male, white, straight male. It's this weird thing where he's like, I'm going to try and push the envelope, but I'm only going to do it so far, and I'm going to disrespect some of the people that I'm trying to push the envelope for. So I think that's one of my issues with Ryan Murphy always come to, is that he tries so hard, but he also falls into the same trap of the stuff that he's supposedly trying to criticize. And I know last year when we did, uh when we covered American Horror Story for a, Ryan Murphy episode, and we're putting all of it. And I know on that, um, you know, it came up that if Ryan Murphy was a straight man in, in Hollywood, he was a white straight man, that he would have been out of there years ago. And he wouldn't be around. I don't agree with that because I think he's a white man. So white men get away with everything in Hollywood. So I don't think that was happening. But there is this interesting thing of like, you know, uh, because he's a gay man. Does he hide behind that as an excuse for getting away for some of the some of the homophobic things he does and his transphobia in the past? Just, oh boy, was that horrible knitpack. One of the worst I've ever seen. And that's why I don't like to give him a lot of credit for pose because I think part of the reason he did pose and part of the reason he works with certain people that he works with now, not that they aren't great and wonderful, I'm not saying that, but I think he's trying to make amends. And I get that and I like that, but at the same time, because he still makes so many mistakes in there, it's hard for me to be like, you're all better now. and You never do anything homophobic or transphobic. You never bury your gaze. He buries his gaze all the time. But it's like, even in this, in a way, the fact that, you know, Ernie has cancer too. And so you think he needs to this funeral towards the end of Ernie's funeral, but it's a dick funeral. Yeah, I completely like, so f- <laughs> forgot about that. Like, the first time around that I watched it, I was like, oh, Ernie died. Plus, Okay, yeah. move on. Yeah. And then, and then, no, it was, it was Dick. And I was like, oh, the, oh, fine. And then when I, when I was rewatching it, I, again, I thought like, oh, Ernie died. Yeah, I did he too. I forgot. Again. <laughs> and I was like,
2: oh, fuck no, it was Dick. So it's that same thing. And Dick had finally kind of found happiness. He had found someone, he had fallen in love. And this is how this horrible, harmful trope usually goes, is you have... A gay man, a gay woman, a bisexual man, woman, uh, someone who identifies as queer, someone in the LGBTQIA plus community will find happiness. And then, and then really almost immediately following that, what you see is they die. And that's what happens
0: is Dick finally finds his happiness. He's finally like, I am with a man I love, loves me. I can be who I was always trying to be, and I can be open about
2: it. Boom, you have cancer, you're dead. Boom. And so it's like, icky. It's like, okay, so you're trying to do this very hopeful thing. And I think he thought, oh, I'm being so clever because everybody thinks it's going to be Ernie who died. Ernie is a straight white man. I'm not saying like I want him to die, but that would have been better than having this man who finally found happiness as a gay man and finally was able to find happiness with another man and then be like, okay, you found your happiness. Bye-bye. And he does that all the time. I, you know, I mean, like, That's why certain deaths, I know it's American Horror Story, people are going to die, but that's why I still will never get over, spoiler for Hotel, Tristan's death in Hotel, because it's done right after Tristan finds happiness with Liz. And it's the same kind of fucking thing. It really is. It's like, okay, I'm in love. I'm in love with her. Um, And then the second that happens, it's like boom slash your throat kind of and a very vicious and cruel like one of the cruelest deaths in the in that season and he has this i mean it's like with ratchet when he was going to have um have um oh my gosh what's her name the one that's in love gwyn Gwendolyn, was gonna have Gwendolyn die from the gunshot wound uh, when Cynthia Nixon and Sarah Paulson both said, no, please don't do this because this will be the bury your, your gays trope. But then the show is, towards the end of the show, But then she gets flipping breast cancer. Yes. And even though she's kind of recovering towards the end of it, you're still like, she's going to die next season. I just know it. She's going to die. So it's like, hes tr- it's so frustrating with him because he's trying to give people more representation. He's trying to be like, Let's have more, you know, like, I I love that he works with Angelica Ross so much. I love that he works with an actual trans actor. And the fact that she was one of the final girls in 1984 was amazing to have not only a a Black woman, but, you know, a dark-skinned Black woman and a trans woman on top of that was incredible. But then he had to throw in the fact that, no, actually, the white woman... (laughs) final girl and that's why I maintain to this day she was not the real final girl but it's still the same it's still like he's like here I'm going to give a little bit of this but I've got to throw in this other crap it's so frustrating and that's what was frustrating about this is it's like I'm going to make this revisionist tale and I'm going to give everybody a happy ending and like he was saying in that quote like almost like he's trying to make Hollywood the real Hollywood look at this and go we're going to improve because of this but at the same time I'm going to center this white straight man and make it really about his struggles in Hollywood, which wham wham boo hoo. And then I'm also going to have,
0: you know, a, the one person you see die happens to be a gay man. It's like, what the fuck? I'm it's like, frustrating because this is why I can't stand him sometimes. Because the whole show, since the moment we meet Ernie, it's building up to like, oh, he's gonna die, because even when he gets uh-huh. together with Helen, he tells her like, listen, I got cancer, I got one foot in yeah. the grave. If I die the next time, he's like, I need to know, like Vanessa, six, six months or so, I might die, and like, I just want you to know before we go any further with the relationship. And she's like, it's okay, fine, whatever yeah. time I have with you, I'll take it, okay? We're gonna, it's, we'll make, we'll make our own happiness while we have it. And you're like, oh, okay, so, like, so even, like, when it's the funeral at the end, you think, oh, so he died, but at least he, he was able to, like, live his dream and find love and, yeah, that's, all right, nice send off. Because the whole time, it's just being led up that it's, it, it's leading up to his death, basically, like, his yeah. character arc, and then it just doesn't do that. And even afterwards, when we see him later, he's not coughing anymore when previously in every scene that he was in he's practically coughing like all the time that's true yeah and it's just like did the cancer just disappear (laughs) is this coughing just the power of love has just cured all power of love (laughs) like (laughs) Like, did did helen give him some like magic fudge that just made it all go away (laughs)
2: Uh, the horse Valiant and thor when you need no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no we did not need aliens in this i would have really- no <laughs> no
0: no but seriously like it leads up to his death like his whole story and you think oh so he's gonna be the one that's why like this time and the last time i thought he was gonna be the one to go yeah but no it's it's fucking dick that's the one that has to be killed. and i'm like that is some bull mr murphy what
2: the hell Yeah, it's so flippin' frustrating. This is why, and, you know, his shows, oh, God, he just, he gets away with so much because I think, number one, he works with some of the best actors around, like I said. I think he does work with some good writers as well. He knows, he works with great set designers, costume designers, production designers, editors, like we've said, the opening credit sequences to everything he does. Well, 911 doesn't really count because all you see is 911. So I'm not counting that. Are you kidding? Those flashing lights are beautiful. <laughs> but the everything, yeah. the, everything he does, the cost, you know, like the costume design in Ratchet and the costume design in this are so gorgeous to look at. So it's like he has so many amazing things that are done so beautifully by others. I have
0: to, I mean, there are people that work with him, but. A lot of it that is by other people, so it's like if you can find ways to do that, why can't you find a way to not be homophobic in things you do, to not be racist in things you do, to not be transphobic, to not to not have to be so icky with your sex stuff for the most part icky with how you always have to have some weird sexual thing like even in this even though I know this is true and this is what happens in Hollywood and yes we need to talk about it more but even in this he still has to find a way to put lines in there that are so ugh, gross disgusting and he has to make it all so weird and icky because it's it's so it's just so frustrating to me because I like dark and twisted stuff and it's nice right now when I'm watching all these flipping goddamn comedies. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sick of comedies. When I'm watching all these comedies, it's nice also that I'm watching American Horror Story to prepare for our Patreon episodes.
2: So it's nice to have that messed up stuff in there. But when I'm watching even that, I'm like, I'm re-watching Coven right now. And oh, my gosh. Some of the stuff in that I'm actually ending up. I used to love this season. And spoiler, I'm actually ending up not liking this season anymore. Uh, but the weird stuff especially with like oh with Evan Peters character in there which we didn't need that character but the weird stuff with him and his mom who's gross and disgusting it's just like why I don't it's he's so
0: weird he's so frustrating to me but yet I continue to watch his show so I guess I'm part of the problem
2: here <laughs> I continue to support his stuff in this show our our podcast continues to support his stuff at the same time but we still criticize it we still critique and we love a lot of the actors he works with. As everybody knows, we love the actors he works with. Most of them. But it's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Anyway. <sighs> so, sorry, I'm just so frustrated right now thinking about, you know, how, I don't know, things could be different. But <sighs> we'll just, we'll see what, what season 11 of American Horror Story brings us. And then season <laughs> two, it which really should be our spin-off idea. <laughs> I just, yeah, I like the spin-off idea a lot more. I was like, "Ryan Murphy, look, you got some free ideas right here. If any of that stuff makes that into a Yeah. I, I, w- w-
0: I would love it. Say- I just I just ask for like a small credit. I know. Like, you could even put it on like the very bottom of everything else. And then those, you those don't even ladies. have to credit me just go thanks to it's a fantasy pod for the idea yeah or it's you can even say integrate. thanks to the finn
2: crew on yeah, Edson, to the so then too. you can yeah. even be like credit you can even you could even credit finn with those ideas i don't care but uh, i well, i would prefer us to be credited because it's us but, but still um but i'm serious i'm gonna keep an eye on it. if any of that stuff even the stopping for chicken nuggets I'll be like, you watched that clip or somebody.
0: Yeah, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. I'm going to have like an eagle eye on that screen and be like, oh,
2: (laughs) they got Mickey ears. They did it. (laughs) That would be hilarious if that's what they did. They went to Disney World. Oh, my God. I I would would, lose it. I would lose my (laughs) giblets. That would be be hysterical. But anyway, okay. Well, we already talked about this a little bit, but I want to talk about it a little bit more. So... (laughs) Has the real Hollywood system changed at all, Susie? <laughs> there's still,
0: there's so much gosh darn resistance still. But there there are changes being made. Stuff's getting more positive. Yes. Mia DaCosta. Thank you for Candyman. <laughs> Our flag meets death. Queer love stories. Thank you. It's... Uh, is the first uh, superhero woman-led movie, Wonder Woman. Thank mm-hmm. you. It's changes. I'm gonna sound real picky for saying this, but like the changes aren't happening at the rate that I would like them to happen.
2: That doesn't <laughs> sound picky. That is like that is very or just
0: like too excess too like um, what is it? Whiny. But I just I, <laughs> I want more change. And more, like I've said before, like imagine if we lived in this, like, Hollywood AU, the the talents we would have seen, movies, shows, all the stuff that could have been made, oh, it would have been great. Oh. And then, and part of the, and again, like I said before, part of that is, like, why it upsets me a little bit, because I'm like, it's not like that. Mm -hmm. And, truthfully speaking, it'll probably even be Years, maybe even beyond my lifetime, before it gets to like to get to that point or a good point. But it's just, like any change at all I see as like a I'm going to celebrate it. I'm gonna be like, yes, make the change; it's going to happen But it's it's not at that point. It's unfortunately speaking. it's
2: Yeah, yeah, and don't and you know. I hate that when people say, don't whine, don't complain, or, you know, well, the population is composed of more straight people, or the population is composed of more white people, whatever, you know, that that stuff is such bullshit, and it comes from people who are used to being able to see themselves every – Flipping fucking day on screen. People that are able to see themselves in every single role imaginable. And if you're able to see yourself all the time on screen, in media, in books, in everything like that, if you're able to see yourself represented all the time, you, you don't get a say in you don't get a say in this. I'm sorry, but you don't get to say no, that's not okay. You get to ask, you get to be able to like help this stuff happen where more people can be represented you don't get to sit there and stifle people or say no you can't be asking for more of this because the fact that so many people and i haven't watched our flag means death as everybody knows but the fact that so many people while watching this were so scared that once again it would be queer baiting and once again you wouldn't get to actually see the story play out and the fact that it was So amazing and beautiful and wonderful for everybody to see that. And everybody is like, you know, most of my Twitter line, that's most of what people are talking about. And how happy people are to finally have that. I'm so happy for them. But it's also so sad because it's what that says something that says something that the fact that you expected the worst because that's what you're used to. And then you finally get something and it's like, yes, you deserve that, but you deserve it more. You don't, you deserve more queer love stories. You deserve more representation. You deserve more black women directing and writing stuff. You deserve more people at every level of decision-making that are not just straight white men or straight white women. It's, it's just, it's true. And I'm not saying, you know, like, I mean, yes, it's still populated primarily by white, straight men, but white women, we also, straight white women, we also get a lot of stuff that other people do not get. And so the only way anything will ever flip and change in this industry is if there are people at all levels, all levels from every single person is represented. And when you're, have characters on screen that they don't always have to fit into a stereotype or that you don't keep queer baiting people uh you don't keep playing into the harmful stereotype of bury your gaze that you actually have people getting to be fully fleshed out characters and that doesn't always mean the character they're playing is going to be a good person it just means they get to you know everybody gets to play every type of character that you have when you have a disabled character, you have a disabled actor playing the disabled character. When you have um, a trans character, you have a trans actor playing that character. It's like, it's so crucial and important because you may think this is silly. This is just make believe. This is just Hollywood. This is just entertainment. But we consume this stuff. Everybody consumes this stuff. And if you don't see yourself Or if you only see bad things about yourself or you only see stereotypes or you only see your character, you you know, people that represent you dying, that has an impact on you emotionally. It just does. And so that's why it's so crucial to be able to see good representation and dynamic representation because that does have an impact on kids. It has an impact on people to feel seen is an amazing thing. I mean, just go watch all the videos when Black Panther came out. Just go watch that. That is impactful. The fact that being able to see a Black superhero on a movie poster and not just one Black superhero and not just one powerful Black man, but to see powerful Black women, to see that on a a poster and you are a young black child to be able to see that and know, oh my gosh, I could be that. I could be this amazing, you know, Yes, superheroes aren't real, but you know what I'm talking about? Because as white people, we've always seen that. We've always seen that. I'm talking about myself here, (laughs) but as white, as a white person, I have grown up and been able to see superheroes that are white and look like me. Granted, not the female side. And that's why I remember when seeing Wonder Woman and seeing when she's fighting on the, the battlefield, crying in the theater because I'd never seen anything like that. Um, so granted, we didn't get that, but we still got a lot. And so that's why it's so important. Just go watch that. if you've And if you're saying it's not important, you're saying it's not important because you're used to that. You get that and others don't. So sorry, I went on a whole little um, soapbox thing there, but I just think it's important. And we are nowhere near, I mean, there's a, there's been improvements in some areas, of course, but we're not anywhere near the stage where you can say that no more work needs to be done. There's a lot of lot more work that needs to be done. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think we kind of encompassed the last two things. So I'm actually going to have us kind of wrap up this one. Um, <laughs> that's great.
0: It's beautiful. I'm trying so hard to, like, keep it together. So. Oh, I'm sorry. You were trying to. No, it it... it was it was so beautiful and impassioned, and I'm just trying not to like burst into tears on camera because there's no one else here that I can like.
2: Yeah, (laughs) they can talk (laughs) while I leave and collect myself. (laughs) Well, I get a doc while you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm sorry if I made you almost cry, but I. No, it was uh, beautiful. (laughs) You're welcome. But I just it just. No, you're the best um I'm just a little little person (laughs) but thank you uh but thank you Susie for taking this journey into something we didn't necessarily enjoy watching uh but I do think it's important and once again we will be revisiting um well we still have one more Ryan Murphy thing what am I talking (laughs) about there's one more show we're gonna get through it and then we, got, then we got it again in May. We'll have
0: a break in between that time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it's all comedy. Oh, gosh. I, I It's so funny. I realize how, I mean, comedy is good. I'm not saying comedy is bad. But when
0: so
2: you're watching this much comedy, it's like, uh, and I still love New Girl. I'm, I'm liking Ted Lasso. I haven't started Happy Endings yet. I think I'll probably like that one as my guess. But, oh. Uh, Anyway, <laughs> I'm probably not going to say much when we talk about how I met your mother because I I don't want to be completely I really want to
0: hear your <laughs> points on it because I I also I do it. not
2: like that show. Okay.
0: <laughs> and, and, just, and when you're like, oh, I hate it, I'm like, one
2: else. I'm not <laughs> insane. <laughs> I'm like, oh. And granted, a lot of the issues with it are things that are aren't shows that I do like, like Friends and stuff. I mean, a lot of the issues I have with it, like um talk about like homophobia (laughs) that show's so homophobic anyway uh, lots of lots of things but and i don't like really any of the characters really not not for the most part okay but that's that's for that's a few weeks from now a couple weeks from now so (laughs) yeah you're all gonna probably hate me because i felt felt bad because gilmore girls is one of our most popular episodes and i don't like that show But the other two panelists loved it. So, but I felt bad, but.
0: Well, so that's the thing, like, I really, that I really like about your your podcast that you have. You allow there to be, like, a safe space for, like, different viewpoints to, like, discuss our differences and maybe even agree on those
2: differences as well. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because, I mean, we've had them. We're, you know, nip-tuck. My three panelists, we all loved that show when it was first on. We rewatched it, and we all ended up hating the show. Um, you know, same with this is that I don't hate this, but I want to say I don't hate yeah. this. I just don't think it's very good, and it's just kind of boring. Um, but it has don't some. Hate it. Well, it's not one yeah. of my favorites. Exactly. I don't it's, it's ever watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of. Like, it's like I hate to say this,
0: but it's kind of like wretched. Right, sure. Like if it weren't for the podcast, I probably would not have watched
2: it again. I,
0: well i like ratchet a lot more than this so. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no like on list of things like, like ratchet is definitely- <laughs> uh,
2: yeah i mean i think i liked ratchet the most out of all everybody on that episode but you know that was one that grew on me as i watched it unlike this one but yeah so okay well susie where can everybody find you
0: all lovely humans can find me at this like username wait no other side. Yeah, right there <laughs> this username <laughs> if you're watching the stream before or after, um during or after. No, it's not before because that would be that would be time travel and we don't have time to get into that. For those listening, it would be at Suzy underscore S C for Le Bluebird, tweet tweet and for instagram it would be like an additional underscore next to the other underscores like underscore buddies um <laughs> underscore so, buddies. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be at suzy q underscore underscore sc thank you and my dog's instagram would be at benny underscore felocita so
2: awesome thank you and this is Aaron you can follow me on Twitter at E.AprilBeauty. Beauty the e and the a and the B are capitalized be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter uh see that's it's so hard to figure yeah, yeah at it's, fandom it's, you're like mm, yeah, I know it's it's, I'll help I'll, I'll put
0: this.
2: at fandom thing pod no it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. Go visit our beautiful, wonderful website. It's a fandomthinkpod.com that the amazing Aaron Amos designed. It's so incredible. You can go there. You can contact us if you want to be a potential interview guest. Yes, Ryan Murphy, I would love to interview you. I don't think you will ever come on this show, though, because I think you'd listen to these episodes and say, I'm not going on that show. But I would love to interview you anyway. But anyone that has been in a Ryan Murphy vehicle, I would love someday to do a panel of ryan murphy actors and talk to them about this uh i know you all would not say anything bad about him but i still would love to talk to you so all the people in here all the other actors you of course everyone knows i want finn whitrock um to be on here as an interview guest (laughs) let me clarify that (laughs) and i want to have and i would love to have you on for my magnolia episode i'm just going to keep throwing that out there uh, but feel free to hit the contact us there or you can email us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And also on our website, if you want to support the show financially, you can become a Patreon supporter for as little as 3 bucks a month. And if you love Ryan Murphy shows and you want to continue these journeys and you love American Horror Story, that's what we are doing for this year. We're going to sprinkle in other episodes like we're going to do a Destiel fanfic in the summer and stuff, but we are covering every season of American Horror Story. So each time we release one, it'll be for two seasons. So we've already done one and two. It's a three-hour and two-minute episode. And next we're gonna do seasons three and four, which of course means we get to start talking about Finn Whitrock in the American Horror Story universe. So we talk about Dandy Mott. We all hate this character. I mean, I I can't imagine loving this character, or anyone. But his performance is so incredibly good. And he has some amazing lines that he's so much fun to watch, even though he's horrible. <laughs> he's so much fun to watch. <laughs> I think he's so fun to watch <laughs> in freak show. So go there. And then if you don't, if you don't want to become a Patreon supporter, or even if you want to become a Patreon supporter and support us some other ways, you can buy us a coffee. Or you can go to our Redbubble store and you can get amazing merchandise like our regular It's a Fandom Thing pod merch. Or you can get, if you're a Finn Wittrock fan, you can get It's a Fandom Thing. I've seen this stuff. I want to give a shout out to this to somebody right now. I'm going to try and do more of these shout outs to people. But I want to give a shout out to um, Whitney um, who... Found us. I'll give a couple shout-outs here because the way she found us was when we released this It's a Findom thing merchandise, um, one of the Finn Whitrock accounts, Finn Whitrock source, which I know I've mentioned before on here. They're a great, wonderful account. They do a lot of amazing work. If you're a Finn whatever, what, you know, how am I – I'm going to turn into the person not pronouncing his last name correctly. <laughs> if you're a Finn wit Rock fan, you need to be following this account. And they happen to share our merchandise. So thank you so much again for doing that. I really, really appreciate it. And Whitney went and bought like a mug and a sticker or a mug and a pin and a shirt with It's a Findom thing on there. And I saw the mug. She did a picture of that. And oh my gosh, the mug looks amazing. So thank you so much for doing that, by the way, for purchasing that. And um, thank you for uh, advertising that for lack of a better word for us. I really appreciate that. So if you wanna pick up some of that or if you're uh, a fan of our unofficial mascot, although I did reveal Finn is our second mascot. He's like like vice mascot. I don't know if that's such a thing, but he's (laughs) our unofficial vice mascot. Uh, but our official, unofficial mascot is Christian fucking Bale. And so we've got It's a Christian effing Bale thing merch in there. If you're a Destiel fan, we've got It's a Destiel thing. If you're a Doctor Who fan, we've got It's a Time and Relative Space thing. We've got It's a fanfic thing with our old logo. So I I don't know if we'll have that with other ones. Like I said, there we might do a Ryan Murphy thing. We've got a really cool idea. Uh, we'll see how it pans out. It might not be in our Red Bubble store because of the way the idea is. Um, and then of course, we've got it's a snail thing, <laughs> which is totally a deep water thing. So, if, if you want to show how much you love snails, it's a real deep cut, <laughs> then you can get that as well. And on our next live stream and our next podcast episode, uh, join us as we discuss 911. As I've said, I am still so angry that I love this show so damn much because I love this show and it's so flippin' and cheesy. And I did not expect to like this show because this is not usually my genre of choice. So, I, but I love it. I love it. I, I hate that I love it, but I love it. But join, Susie will be back for that one. And then Meg and Carla from Bedwetter Behead will be back joining us to talk about 911. And if you're watching this, Live on the 23rd, that's tomorrow at noon Mountain Standard Time, so 11 Pacific, 1 Central, 2 Eastern. Join us on our YouTube channel. Or if you're listening to the podcast episode, that one drops on Friday. And then our next live stream after that will be next weekend. I'm hoping it'll be next Saturday. I haven't heard back to get confirmation, but it'll be Ted Lasso, and that'll be kicking off our four weeks of comedy, (laughs) (laughs) which we're going to do every May, but it's not going to be eight comedy shows next week. I mean, divided between romantic comedy and comedy shows. So until next time, remember it's a fandom thing. Black lives matter and stop Asian hate.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?